Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you? Oh, I'm garage. Yeah, this is exciting. This is another exciting night in your rented garage. Oh, man. We're doing it. Uh, another NFL media exclusive. By yeah. the way, I'm piling up guest stars and i'm just waiting with your hollywood ties you got a big show coming out can we talk about it yeah we can talk right, about we'll it. get to that in a second um I, I, it's about time you reel in a big fish into the rented garage well you know what let's in, let's let's introduce your uh your big get and then i'll tell you why <laughs> you you get? i'll tell you why i don't bring people into your rented garage okay after that. in the garage for the first time for the throwback podcast is greg rosenthal of nfl media hey buddy this is exciting got the boomer David Wells t-shirt staring at me. <laughs> You're in enemy territory. <laughs> Number 33. Red Sox, I mean, you've done a lot with this place. I, we were talking about this. Don Mattingly posters around the you. Carpet, everything. Put some money into it. Not a ton, though. It's more just paying attention to it and realizing that, you know, when you're living in Los Angeles and you don't have like a huge house, none of us are rich, that if you have a big space like a garage, hell, maybe turn it into a fun little area. I recommend it to anyone that has a garage that you just have stuff piled up, piled up in it. Have some fun. I am am excited when my wife does kick me out. This is where I will be living. So I think it's like a nice, nice. it's a nice worse. Yeah. I think Sessler already has that though. You'd have to get in line. Yeah. Well, we'll be roomies. It'd be nice. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) Um, All right. Yes. Greg is with us and this is all just the, you know, a matter of fate because uh, we were supposed to be, uh, recording, or I was supposed to be recording the recap of uh, Bears Cowboys with Mark Anthony Sessler, but Sessler has this long form, which is getting a lot of play, a lot of le- a lot of build up for well, this Mark Sessler long form. One of the form. things about the the NFL long forms, really, no matter who's doing it, is you hear a lot about how arduous it is on the way to producing it. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> um, Mark said, I, "I I really need to you know buckle down." So Greg stepped into his spot, which brought him to the garage, and I said, "Hey." You know, Bob, you and I have been meaning to do Arcade Fire, and we've kind of been setting it aside mm-hmm. for Greg. We've yes. talked about it, Greg, for this, like a this, year and a half. It's overdue. I was yeah. supposed to do yeah. this episode, I feel like it might have been almost two years ago. <laughs> this pod is turning three in the spring, so it's probably about two I years I, ago. And I think I canceled for a good reason at, at some point, somewhat at the last minute, and then it never happened again. That sounds right. I well, think you had a date job. with your mistress. Something. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Something. No, that's, I remember that's what you told me. <laughs> but... Uh, I will say that out of, uh, you know, when people hit us up on Twitter, one of the most mm. common questions is, is when is Greg going to come on the podcast? It's overdue. To talk about rap. But it's that's overdue. That's not what we're doing. Mm. No. We're we should be that. talking about pavement, but we're not talking about pavement. Right. Dan either. vetoed pavement. Next pavement. season. Hit the pavement. Yeah. Pavement's fine. No, I figured if Sheck ever pa- comes on the show, we could do, we throw okay. Sheck a bone and do some <laughs> pavement. So nice of you to throw Sheck a bone. <laughs> um, Greg, if we did do a Greg Likes Rap Throwback podcast, maybe your second appearance. What would be the artist that comes to mind immediately? Tough question, but what are we looking for? Like definite years wide. I mean, Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest certainly would would be good. Uh, mm. Wu Tang Enter the Thirty Six Chambers would certainly be good. Outcast Equimini was like probably my favorite. Uh, that sounds like we would. That really probably would be the one that I would circle. Any Skilo albums from the 
mid to late like 90s. Like Far Side, like Welcome to the. I mean, so the, those are kind of like the white yeah, but man intro to rap. Yes. And then you, you got lead the up Boys to, in there somewhere. Little communications or. I never got super into the Beastie really? Boys. They were a little before a Jewish, before a Jewish yeah. rap fan that didn't like the Beastie Boys. My brother liked 40s. them, and I was I was kind of <laughs> like I don't. I tried to stay away from stuff my brother liked. I get that. Um, Screw you, Dean. I'm my own man. <laughs> oh, Dean, he's an accomplished musician. Maybe he is, you yes. think he'll listen to the show. You talking music? I'll tell him about it. He doesn't listen to, to football, but he'll be more interested in this. He That's likes Arcade I mean. Fire. He went to the same school. Here's a tease. Mm. Uh, of one of the members of this band, I believe. Oh, bang. All right, so there you go. There's a but, connection. But why are you avoiding the question, would we do a Skilo album? <laughs> um, did he have an album or was it just one <laughs> I don't song? Know. Oh, Greg, I mean, as a short you? man, <laughs> I certainly you know, identify with uh, wishing I was a little mm. bit taller and, and being a baller. Right. Having a six girl Paula. I mean, how uh, if you guys are going to keep talking about it? <laughs> Dan's been waiting for this for three years almost. Really? You just had this queued up? I was ready. <laughs> Hello. I wish I was a little bit oh, it still sounds great. Great song. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call it. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat. Six four Impala. Oh, 64 Impala. Okay, that makes sense. She's really fine. All right, great song. Uh, but we're talking Arcade Fire because uh, uh, in the Venn diagram of music, Greg, Greg and I do have like a, a Venn diagram middle with several bands, and Arcade Fire is right there. That's one of them. And I love Arcade Fire. The, you know, their back half of their career has been very scattershot. Uh, but to me, their first three albums, starting with the album we're doing tonight, Funeral, is as good as a one, two, three punch as we've had from any rock band in the last 20 years. Uh, and I'd like to hear, you know, White Stripes are a band that jumps out, maybe mm-hmm. Coldplay. Um, but to me, Funeral, Neon Bible, and The Suburbs. Mwah! Yeah, they did it. Beautiful. Beautiful. In fact, we could have done any three of those albums, and I would have been fine with it. We, Greg, you and I kicked around the possibility of the suburbs the suburbs i sort of like remember the sequencing of the songs and the individual songs and what it meant to me at during my life at the time i went to back-to-back madison square garden shows before like the week before the suburbs came out so it's one of those things Mm -hmm. like only the people who had illegally Mm. downloaded the music knew knew the songs so that was a weird thing but they were big enough to sell out madison square garden back-to-back nights before the album was out, which having sort of at this point grown up with Arcade Fire in the city felt like like a thing, like, wow, indie rock, like this type of music has made it like this big that they can be like killing Madison Square Garden. They were super memorable shows. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into the funeral of it all. But like this was a huge album that really catapulted a band into that stratosphere super fast. Like, I feel like outside of the Strokes and the White Stripes and those bands that ushered in that new sound, it was hard to kind of get that big that quickly. And I think this album got them there. That This album felt important when it came yes. out. Because there was a, a ton of buzz. You know, we were living in New York at the time, as were you, Greg, although it was, we didn't know each other yet. But we were all living in New York at that time. And but like, do you think you guys like ever went into the same coffee shop and like saw each other and you didn't know yet? <laughs> was it like Maybe. that? Maybe. 
You hang out like a ninth and like 12th between A and B. It was a lot of coffee definitely. shops yeah, around I mean, there. Doing a lot of did. my work, a lot of Roto World, you know, uh, magazine writing in those shops, you know. Like maybe you guys were both like scamming on the same girl at Niagara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we I go. Did, I, did a, I did a summer on the couch <laughs> in the Lower East Side at, at Bob and our, our buddy Brian's old place. But I did most of my work uptown on uh, 82nd and Amsterdam. snob. Um, anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. But this album, when it came out, especially in We'll Get to Rebellion Lies, which is like a super important song in this era of alternative rock, uh, it just it was different than the other music. It was big and it was anthemic. And it was like, for me, it was, and we talked about this a couple shows back, Bob. I love like big, important. I love rock stars that take themselves very seriously. And <laughs> Arcade do. Fire yes, that, certainly <laughs> did. That's right in your fucking real yeah. ass. Well, I it love was big, earnest rock. Like they were, I don't know if, like right when they came out, it hit. But once it it had such a strong word of mouth, and I remember when I first heard this album was in a car driven by someone else from my hometown that we were going back home for one reason or another, and and it it was just like you have to, you have to hear this band. Like this band will change your life. There was a and lot I, of and, that. I, and we listened to the albums. You got straight, Garden Stated? We, it, pretty much. <laughs> and we listened to the albums straight through and I was like, I can't remember listening to an album the first time through like with someone else especially in a car full of people and being just like yeah that did change my life i'm gonna be listening to this forever the last time that had <laughs> happened to me was skilo so it all there kind of go. ties See, together it all ties together <laughs> the album came out on september 14th 2004 and bob as i promised because you were mailing in the what was going on in the world segment on the show right after two years of doing it and being the <laughs> only one who did any prep before any episode Maybe I was kind of slacking a little bit. Yeah, I, I bring my podcast star wattage to the show, Greg, and Bob <laughs> does all the other work. And sometimes it's it seems out of whack. I also keep the garage nice and tidy. I feel like that. that no, that be, counts. That counts for something. But it's time for me to pick up the slack. Uh, you let him know, too. I mean, you you let him know you're bringing the listeners and that he has. To, I like that. <laughs> right, you remind right. him of his place in the right. ecosystem. No, when, he does that more subtly when at, around the NFL, it's, but he <laughs> does it in different ways. No, yeah. it's, I mean, Dan's. <laughs> Dan's promotion of the show has been very subtle. Like he's it's very subtle. Is subtle a good way it. to put it. Yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> Although in fairness, Dan probably does more prep and behind the scenes work at, at the podcast we do together. Dan. I care so, about you know, that. I one. can't. <laughs> that I think that's the big difference. <laughs> that one. That one does pay your bills, but it's it depends on the metric which one's more successful, quote unquote. Well, that's an issue too. Uh, it's all about, about it's our... all about what you value. All right. So yes. So I did some search. <clears throat> that's shorthand for research. And uh, this is what was going on at that time. Sit back and enjoy it, Bob. Hmm. And, you know, pipe in with some commentary. I will. Wow, this is fun. All right. The first note, sexual assault (laughs) charge against Lakers star Kobe (laughs) Bryant is dropped by the Eagle County District Attorney's offices in Colorado after the victim decides not to participate. Go ahead. Dig in, Bob. I feel like I would have skipped over that one. But, uh, yeah, that was a big deal. Kobe, uh, Kobe raped somebody. Wait, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, what? Hey, no, whoa. Allegedly. allegedly, I was going to say. It looks like it. I mean, it's <laughs> definitely one of those stories that if it had happened now, he would be, he'd be done forever. Right. Well, yeah, not only would he not come back right. to playing in the NBA, but he wouldn't be like doing winning you know, Academy Awards. He wouldn't be like giving speeches to <laughs> women's basketball teams at the final four. It's, it's insane. Right. It's, it's insane that that's happening even now. Um, uh, we were, we were young punk kids, mm-hmm. uh, went on a cross country vacation in the summer to Los Angeles, just when this was breaking. Yeah, and I we remember were... that being just, 
the whole town here was exploding. We, we were at the In-N-Out Burger on Sunset. I think it was the first time ever going An to In-N-Out. And somebody next to us had like the newspaper with Kobe on the cover. We're like, wait, what? Yeah, it was obviously a big story. Um, Greg, this is for you. On September 12th, uh, Roger Federer of Switzerland wins first U.S. title, outclassing Australian Leighton Hewitt, 6 6-love, mm. six 7-6, six 6-love. A bit of a dormant period in my tennis fandom, really, which has picked up in a you know incredible way. I would say this decade, uh, but yeah, that was you know people say that's he was at his very peak then, the best anyone's ever played, probably Federer right around then. Yeah, he was. Uh, Barry Bonds in the sports world hit his 700th career homer off Jake Peavy on September 17th, and then five days later, you know, one of those things that will probably I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. He was intentionally walked four times in a nine-inning game uh, for the second time in the season. Four times intentionally walked. That's Babe Ruth stuff. Well, when you're facing a <laughs> roided-out monster, why not just throw him some balls? And it's put him preposterous, on base? though. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's like Barry Bonds is somehow underrated. He's still the best baseball player ever. Do you think Barry Bonds? Do you think Barry Bonds and Kobe can sue me together for slandering them in back-to-back statements? I feel like I got a lawyer up. I, I think our old um, headgum—they uh, might absorb any lawsuits. Oh, actually, no. With Greg on the podcast, I think Comedy Central is now uh, yes. on the hook. So this <laughs> or Jeselnik. Like someone <laughs> is taking it off our hands. Yeah. Uh, at the 56th Emmy Awards, The Sopranos, Arrested Development, James James Spader, and Allison Janney. All win. Wow, Sopranos what? and Arrested Development, two of the greatest shows of all time. I didn't even remember that Arrested Development won an Emmy. That's it, amazing. It won an Emmy, and that's one of the few things that was like keeping it afloat as it was getting low ratings, and it was constantly almost canceled. And speaking of Arrested Development, Bob, why don't you tell the listeners what you're working on? Yeah, I'm doing a show for Fox called Lego Masters. Get that guap. Uh, hosted, Look at you. Hosted by Will Arnett. So right. that comes out. Oh, yeah. Fist bump. Boom. Yeah. That comes out in February, like three days after I'm the just, Super Bowl. I was happy for him. No, That's just the, the actual yeah. mechanics well, there of was you a reaching micro, over there was the a mic micro, for the fist Well, you'll bump. be excited to know my kids saw an ad for that and they were like, During we need to watch that. And I was like, I, I'm down for it. This is I some programming we can all watch. During Lions Bears, after the first commercial break, Fox runs the commercial and it's like, they're not doing that unless they believe they have a hit on their hands. And my kids are the same way. They saw the commercial and they plugged in. I just imagine Bob is going to be making a million dollars a year if, a, about two years if from now. If we don't fuck it up, it's going to be a big show. It's so oh, good. Damn. And Will Arnett is the funniest dude ever. Uh, it's like Dan's going to be living in his in Bob's garage. <laughs> I know. I would love it. Uh, two more things. Lost was created by J.J. Abrams and starring Matthew Fox and Evangeline Lilly debuted. Um, the week that Arcade Fire's funeral came out. Did anyone watch Lost? I, I missed it. I, I didn't do Lost at all when it was on. And that was like a big thing. I was working on Best Week Ever at the time. A big thing that everybody was talking about. It was like that water yeah, How did you show. avoid it when you were working on that show? Well, I just missed it. And it was like before DV, kind of before DVR, I think, where if you missed it, you missed it. Like you weren't going to be able to like catch up easily. I was a TiVo man back in those days. You had to like go out and like buy a literal TiVo, TiVo. Box. You were ahead of the curve because TiVo that's loyalist. why like right. Janet Jackson nipple flash would happen happen this year. Some people had it on their TiVos, but for the most part, it was still kind of old media mm-hmm. uh, that in a, it would be totally different now. TiVo is one of those rare technologies. It's the TiVos that were out then are still. 50 times better than all the DVRs now that they basically give you for free. They were able to bounce back to like the perfect spot. They had a million different things. Finally, (laughs) here were new words to the English language that were added to some type of 
dictionary. <laughs> Such thorough <laughs> reporting by you. Wow. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making an example here, Bob. Uh, these are words that were introduced and put into the dictionary. Life hack. It's a little surprising. I feel like that would have been a more this decade right. thing. Paywall. Podcast. Ooh. Four. How about that? Social media and waterboarding. <laughs> there you go. It's like all my, all my favorite things. The biggest hip hop song in the you, country. You had a podcast about waterboarding at the time. So it was very. <laughs> it's like listening to podcasts, getting waterboarded. <laughs> I feel so good. <laughs> The big, the biggest uh, hip hop song had just come off a stretch where I believe it ruled the charts uh, for a month. What was this song? Greg likes rap. Yeah. My niggas, <laughs> throw your hands in the air right now, man. Feel this shit right here. Scott Storch, nigga. Scott Storch. Yeah, not, not the radio version of the song. <laughs> yeah. All right, here it comes. Uh, yeah. I don't give a fuck about your fault. Yeah, no, Some mishaps, nigga. We from the Bronx, New York. Shit happens. Kids clapping. Let us spark the place. Half the niggas in the squad got a scar on their face. It's a cold world and this is ice. Half a meal for the charm, nigga. This is life. Got the phantom in front of the building, Trinity. Yeah. Ten years, legit, They still figure me bad. As a young, was too much to what it is yet. I don't. This really? A, a blind spot. I feel like New York rap maybe isn't your thing. I've had years, like there was like times in my life where I'd go in and out of the, the genres. I feel like I was out right See, now in the popular tennis, rap. Tennis and rap. You were just taking a little hiatus. A little bit. Yeah. Right, At least in terms the of the pop stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lean back. Lean back. Come on. I said my squad, baby. This was a good era uh, for drunk white 24-year-olds dancing. Because oh, great era. This lean back, easy to do. Anybody could just do that lean back with one shoulder. That, that was, was easy. Move, yep. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. You just had to like, you know. The whites really nailed that. Whites really fucking nailed that. So, yeah, back I missed, that I missed those days. Well, that was a few years before, yeah. Lean, I'm embarrassed. I forgot about lean back. Yeah, it was like this. Lean back. Yeah. That's all it was. Very doable. Because Fat Joe, wasn't he on, on the Terror Squad? Fat Joe, you know, he wasn't doing, obviously he was limited in his dance moves. We were lucky to get a lean out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Greg likes rap. That's been established, but he I mean, went you in and out that. of the genre. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that. Yeah. I think I was just like in my own little road world uh, <laughs> bunker for a few years. Just silently looking at football stats in a <laughs> Pretty room. Pretty much. <laughs> in a dark closet. Somewhere in Lower Manhattan. Turn like, off that tennis mat. <laughs> it's like Evan Silva, you know, is you know for the ten years since. All right, here we go. All right, now the time has come to dig into one of the great rock albums of the first decade of the two thousands. Funeral, Arcade Fire, track one. A little confusing. Some of the tracking on this. Neighborhood number one. Parentheticals. Tunnels.
the chorus is coming up, but right off the bat, this is one of my favorite songs of the decade. I love Neighborhood Number One. I was going to say one of the best track ones of the aughts. What an introduction. Yeah. Because there was an EP, right, that was floating around before this? Right. They had an album before this, but I went back and listened, and there's some good songs on it. But for like an introduction to a band and what they're all about and this song being so anthemic and like getting you in your feelings and yeah. just everything and it in it there's like a story they're telling this still might be my favorite arcade fire song the way it know. builds it just starts so so minimal and just keeps getting bigger and bigger I love it. It's so big, and you hear it. It's such a the band is filled with uh, different uh, musicians and instruments. Every track, it's just big music, and uh, Pitchfork Media, which no one loved anything like Pitchfork Media loved early Arcade Fire. No one loved anything more, and then hated everything that was established. Every, nobody loved anything new more than Pitchfork, mm, and then right. hated them once they had like two albums. Pitchfork was big in the Arcade Fire oh, story. Yeah. Yes, they they named this song number 10 on Pitchfork's top 500 tracks mm. of the 2000s, just to give you. And this was also the first single released off Funeral. This song, uh, when I started dating my wife, I made her, a, made her a mix, and this was the first song on it. And she would use it. She had one of those old CD player alarm clocks. So this is the song that she would wake up to every morning. So to wow. this day... Whenever it's a good wake-up song. Because really? it starts because it starts off very slow. It yes. starts off with that little piano, and then it gets bigger and bigger to say, get the fuck out of bed. Mm. So you know nice. what would be an even better wake-up song by Arcade Fire? Wake up. Wake up. That was a little <laughs> on the nose. You know, I, was kinda... I actually I used to do um, songs for my alarm, and then I realized that it was kind of ruining the songs that I was picking. Uh, so I said, I'm just going to get out of that business. It's like ringtones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I still, I, I still can't listen to Cream by the Wu-Tang Clan because that was my mm. ringtone for like two years. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. It was <laughs> like, a great ringtone. And talk about shocking developments on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like you're not totally sure what's going on, like with the story here. You know, there's some love. They're across town. It's snowy. But I was just like, I don't know. I was all in. It just it makes you uh, it makes you feel things. Mm-hmm. Now, things I, you might not even feel comfortable feeling in a garage with, you know, Dan and Bob. We're gonna, we're it's gonna, like, gonna, I'm, I'm curious. Like, keep I'm drinking that wine. You'll, no, you'll loosen up. I'm yeah. fascinated by, like, whether you guys, like, when the music's playing, whether you, like, look in each other's we, eyes we or nor- you just. We, 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 we normally. No, you kind of, like, if keep you were, If you were in here, we'd be making out. But it's. Yeah. yeah. As longtime listeners know, there's a lot of just spit sounds. You just hear, like. <laughs> Like, I, I hope they're kissing. <laughs> it could be worse than that. Uh, and yes, it was the band's first single released several months before the album as a seven-inch vinyl, uh, a pressing of 1,500 copies. But yeah, t- to your point, and I mentioned as well, like there was something that was put out, an EP, before this album that was a buzzy EP. I, don't I didn't know, know that at the time. Yeah. I went back to buy it, and it has No Cars Go. On it, yes, which is right. also and it showed up on, on this. Neon Bible. Okay, it yeah. showed up on Neon Bible, which is a great arcade fire thing. The, it's it's good, but this this felt like 
This when, is when everyone started to know. When this came out, it was big in that like blog culture era. It was huge. It was I was I was anti this album because of the buzz that came out with it. And I wasn't ready to move on from the strokes and everything mm. that was happening first. So I kind of rejected this album at first. Really? I did. Hmm. All right. Neighborhood number two, parentheticals, Laika? Laika? I'd go Laika. L-A-I-K-A. Laika. Let's listen to it. I'm about to blow your minds. Does anybody know what this song's about? No, but let me just give Greg yeah. a quick uh, briefing. I'm sure you've listened to every episode, but I know with um, the NFL, you guys have like a research packet, and uh, I'm sure you guys have like a lot of a lot of info coming at you at all times to uh, inform your podcast. In this uh, podcast, Dan has Wikipedia, and that's it. That's it. Right. So no any, other source needed. Anything that comes up is just Dan reading Wikipedia. So it's good podcasting. It's right. basically the New York Times to me, Wikipedia. Trust everything. That's why it's known as the best. Yeah. The song, the second track on Funeral, is about the Russian space program sending the dog Laika into space. Laika was the first living creature to orbit Earth, Butler told Pulse what? magazine. It's a great story about a dog being the first living creature in space, doing this spectacular thing, but not having food and watching itself fall back to Earth. Hmm. Greg is opening his laptop. He needs <laughs> he needs to verify this. Well, this is this is starts the part of the album, and I like this about this album. But you could see it as a yeah, downside. It's like it all sort of blends together for me on some level. Like I don't, they there's a great scientifically. Like there are a few, there are a few songs that certainly stand out, but the whole like album as a whole just has like one feel. And I never like, c- couldn't remember which one was neighborhood number four and no- neighborhood. Same number way. Two. Completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah we it's, have a it's, lot of neighborhoods it's, it's an album in full. Like it's really right. is like an album you just listen to from beginning to end. But a bang, this is a banger, a banger. I've seen them a few times live and I just do remember that this was one was like, it oh, didn't stand out as much on the album, but, they banged it. Yeah, I could hear that. I could see that. As I recall, Neighborhood Number 1 and Neighborhood Number 3 were the ones that I loved. Mm. But I could be wrong. We'll find out with 3. Uh, all right. So I like that one. It, it, it continues to kind of build on this very unique sound that you're not really hearing anywhere else. So, yeah, and again, in 2004, we're kind of exiting that glory, the glory day period of the garage rock right. and the strokes and um, all that music and... That's why, to me, I immediately when I heard "Rebellion Lies," which we'll get to, it was a song that I loved, and it made me interested in the album because I think it was it was good to hear something different, uh, have another option in terms of what was the kind of alternative rock music that was coming uh, to us at that time. Because this doesn't you don't confuse Arcade Fire music with any other band. I don't know what it was mm. that made me reject it. I think it was that. We've talked about um, Ultra Girl. She had a blog. She was in that uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom book referenced. She had a very like important kind of music blog at the time. And I remember her reaction to this album was so gushing that what, for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I'm not ready to move on. Like, I still want to hmm. listen to what I'm listening to. And I'm not ready for this to be the next big thing because I like the old 
next big thing. You guys were more plugged in than me. I mean, not as plugged in as Dan is right now. He is such a good host that, that he can host the podcast and he can get up and pour my wine for me as he goes. The it's, thing with Arcade Fire 2 when it came out and you knew when you heard it, at least I, at least I felt like I knew if I remember it well, is like it felt like it was going it felt massive that it was going to last. Like right. there was other there was a few other big time mm-hmm. bands from Pitchfork or whatever. It's like Clap Your Hands Say Yeah, who mm-hmm. I loved and I Me went to too. go see. I saw them play like New Year's Eve one year wow. and it was like tapes and tapes. But like those bands mm-hmm. I don't think fe- like you kinda knew Arcade Fire was the king of the mountain. This explains was why laugh. you missed Terror Squad, by the way. Yeah, right. no, yeah. You were yeah. In I was that. pretty deep into it. <laughs> Clap your hands like their power. first album it was I loved. Everything. Um one of my big dilemmas in life was being like 24. I had tickets to see Clap Your Hands Say Yeah. And then our buddy uh, called us because he had some like Tommy Hilfiger party mm. that he was going to <laughs> yes. where the Black Eyed Peas were playing. Wow. So I was like, do I go an open bar? So do I go with my like, do I get the indie hipster cred and go see Clap Your Hands? Or do I get drunk with like my five best friends and see the Black Eyed Peas? Second row. Uh, I remember. Yeah, I, I chose And you that. get to see the Native American guy doing the flips over and over again on the stage. Mm. That was ultimately the deciding Peak factor. Peak Fergie. <laughs> Bunch <laughs> of terrible music that sounded great when so, you were drunk. I lost a ton of hipster cred. I did, I've never seen Clap Your Hands. I saw him a few times, including like right before I moved New York from New York, like seven or eight years later, like 2011 opening for the Walkman, I believe. And they were just kind of coming back and playing the old songs. And it was it was like already sad. Right. In 2011. Yeah. It was weird. All right, this next song, I believe this is French, so I don't even know how to pronounce it. Give it, give it your best. Right, I'll give it a best shot. Here we go. This is and be and awful. the Canadians out there that are uh, really excited to hear how this goes. Une année sans luminaire. Nailed it. That Nailed was perfect. It. That oh, was it. it. Okay, good. One of the things I like about this album is that it it's a little left of center. It's a little, um, again, unique is the word that keeps coming to mind. This isn't your typical track three. Uh, it's hmm. very kind of subtle and um, low key, uh, but I think it works. The oh, more yeah. you listen to the album, it kind of just all fits of a, uh, of one piece. Uh, so I can't pronounce the name of the song. I've already nailed it once, uh, but I like this one a lot. No, me too. Love oh, this. We got to hear the... You know, maybe we talk or whatever, but we got to hear at the end mm-hmm. when it rages. This when um, it turns from kind that's of a, right. kind of a chill song to like, oh, we're fucking, we're, we're fucking we're, with you now. We're in it now. I was gonna ask, uh, I was gonna ask you, Dan, if this is a song that could have made a sleep sex mix for you because it kind of has that nice sleep sex vibe. However, with it yes. picking up at the end, that, that might ruin your sleep and or sexing. Well. But that's 
maybe perfect. Right here it comes. I mean, maybe that's perfect for the sex scene. It's about time. It's about, that, like, it's about time to wrap this thing up. Game but, ending thrash. But, but by now, <laughs> exactly. do you, but, but what if you're already asleep? What if you're half asleep? Uh, Doesn't pass. I mean, it kind of. Win Butler kind of sounds like it right here. He's just like. He's just like. Ah! I wish everybody could see what Dan just did to test whether or not this song works, and it worked for it worked for the sex part, but yeah. it didn't work for the sleep part. For the final thrusting, yes. <laughs> but then when it was time to go to sleep, it was way too much. That's good. Mm. I love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. Which takes us right into neighborhood number three, parenthetical, power out, close parenthetical. Oh, yes, yeah. I love this one. This is a banger. Let's listen. This is a great album. Is this their best album? I think so. I think so. Top to bottom. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Here we go. the first song that's taking me somewhere other than listening to the arcade fire in my headphones and like being introspective and moody this is taking me to like the lower east side being out at like max fish or like one of these bars and this song was playing in 2005 2006 mm. yep oh here comes the chorus is great sorry i've been a little Take it back. I've been reading about Win Butler's dominating run in the uh, celebrity all-star we'll get game. To in that. The we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I just I've gone down a rabbit hole and I didn't realize what an absolute but he's a he's a player. He's a legend. <laughs> he's even got like the like Brian Big Country Reeves arms where it just there's no mus- muscle tone, but he's also not unathletic looking. No, he's pretty athletic. Just I've like wa- the I big man, the, lumbering big him. man. Is he tall but, or is everybody else in the band short? I think he's I think he's tall. Yeah. He's a big dude. All right, here it comes, right? I just love that this is just love it. Yeah. answering, uh, speaking to young gay handlers. Mm. Some it's level, coming. I can't the quite imagine. I love it. the song kind of jerks in another direction. It's getting there. It's coming. Uh, yeah, this is uh, on the short list. If I made a Mount Rushmore of songs on this album. Neighborhood 3 is on it. Well, you're making a Mount Rushmore of, from like <laughs> 10 songs? Of four songs? Oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yes! So cool, and it doesn't sound like anything else. This is Arcade Fire. There's nothing else like it. And, and it really does define that era, which, you know, pro- means a little 
more to us because we happen to be in New York at that time. Mm-hmm. But you do like you think '80s has such a clearly defined, such defined sound, and '90s has defined sounds, and like the aughts is a little more confusing, I would say, or like yeah, you know, it's hard to say what is it, but like this to me, at least for a certain type of music lover listener new yorker for sure like this is it well it's it's more muddled because this was important music to a lot of people but it wasn't popular music it wasn't Mm. what grunge did getting there it wasn't what grunge did where it crossed over and you know smashing pumpkins was playing on z100 this was like you had to seek it out and be a fan of this kind of music but then again they were selling out madison square garden like they were the biggest version so it took them. It took. They wouldn't have been able to then. And it all right, right. It all built in terms of commercially. Um, although I, I don't imagine they ever were a band that sold you know five million copies of an album. But it all built in terms of um, their reach to suburbs winning best album of the right. year at the Grammys, which is pretty amazing in retrospect that that this band won such a mainstream award. Uh, and I think it was well earned, but I st- I'm still surprised. I remember when it happened. I was like, it was almost like a source of pride. I was like, shit, that's awesome. It's one of us. Album of the year. It's one of ours. <laughs> right. Even coming off this album, I think when they started touring for Neon Bible, they were playing like this big church. Yes, in right. town in town yeah. hall they played, and so they weren't like monster venues. Even coming mm-hmm. off into their second album, I, the thing that made me and my my holdout wasn't long to like. But why? Why do you hate Arcade Fire? But I did. Well, it didn't last long because it was so good. But I remember when somebody at work came in, uh, having just gone to a Band of Horses concert, and started talking about how it was like she cried and it like changed her life. And then I was like, "Oh, this is a thing now because they're the not as good version right. of Arcade Fire." So this is clearly where everything's heading. Band right of Horses, too. Me too. But like, this is the better <laughs> version. Of yeah, that. no, you're right. Let's mm, stuff call. In fact, you want to hear something that's going to blow your mind? Hit me. That breakthrough Band of Horses album, I believe, was called Funeral. No, their song was Funeral. Was that the name of the yeah. album, too? No. Well, Cease to Exist, I think, was the album. No. Well, I think that was their second. Well, God knows. That's what's impossible to for. find out. But anyway, I, do you guys think Band of Horses and Arcade Fire exist in the same musical realm? In my world, they do, because I feel like Arcade Fire kind of paved the way for that more ethereal kind of sound or cease to begin of... was the album i do think they're in the same world to me band of horses is a much more traditional accessible and, yeah they're, right. they're not the they're same not like a, like kind of arcade fire things. was a pretty unique thing which is yeah. why i think we're talking about them and and not band of horses yeah. but and but uh they were in the same universe they, definitely the people at the band of horses show like of which them. i went we're to many they went to arcade yes, fire yeah. too. exactly <laughs> all right here is neighborhood number four and at this point it's getting a little exhausting can we you know, come change up with up some new titles, titles come up with some new titles uh parenthetical seven kettles let's listen to it close parenthetical i imagine greg this would be a good like I'm churning out 700 Roto World blurbs album just to have on in the background. Yes. Yeah. This this fits that mold. I feel like yeah. I wore this. I wore this album. Now. I didn't get sick of it. Mm, nice. 
in case you guys are curious, I just put on my salute to service bin. You just put it That's on. The, Why yeah, are you so patriotic? It's the effect right now. of um, the wine, I think. But also, I think November is like it's a little reductive that we're only going to support the troops in he, November. It was in my pocket. You I put it is in your pocket, and you put it. Well, not a, not over your heart. You put it. I feel like, which is a subtle, you know, shot at the troops almost. Yeah, it's almost anti. But it's underneath your jacket, and then it peeks out. It just is like a little flex to the people. I love it. <laughs> In fact, you know, for the people that will ask inevitably, it's got a little shot. <laughs> All right, that's a pretty song. It's a perfect like album track. Yeah, we have a, a term we use on this uh, show, Greg. Um, mid-album filler, hmm. um, MFR. That does not qualify. No, but because this I don't know. A, this is not one of those albums. No, because this is. I think it's an album where you have to listen to it, and every song kind of complements the kids today. They don't even know what albums are. It's kind of true. It's kind of true. What is like an album that anyone under the age of thirty? points to is hmm. maybe we're not the people to ask but just off the top of your head maybe we're, 1989 by taylor swift in the past 10 years like what was like an album that people were it's all hip-hop cardi b her album an album i was like like Ken, people know the deep the deep yeah cuts her and, her album that's kind of what Kendrick made Lamar, her in my say. mind like for the big the Kendrick big heads Lamar. top Kendrick, to bottom yeah, like Ken, but yeah you're right there's not a lot all right up next crown of love yeah, and I don't recognize any of these titles. Like, I'm the same as Greg. Right, here we go. Listen to that violin. I love the just the the musicianship of this band is what part of what sets them apart. Um, I love it. it's just like a big you know open hearted love song. And there's like 17 of them making music, so it's nice. Yeah, Which, I know, think so. You got to pay everybody. Maybe part of my like affection or attachment to them is they remind me of my brother who went to McGill music school. They went to McGill music school and I went to go see him and he was in a variety of different types of bands and they're French Canadian, which all of his girlfriends and, but what, this was like the best possible distilled music of the type of music that like he was part of in some part, or like that city was part of. Like it's very much a Montreal band, even though Wynn Butler's from Houston, like he went to McGill and it, there's something about it that's very like French Canadian in Montreal. I would never think of them as like a Texas band ever. <laughs> like they're, right. they're He's Canadian. from Houston? He is from Houston. Him and his brother are from Houston. That's the suburbs is kind of about that, mm. I think. Um, your brother should have just gone on stage with them and started playing an instrument, and they would have been like, "Oh, he's probably." He in was the band. before. He was before. He was uh, more like when Rufus Wainwright was at McGill. They've oh, they've wow. put out some good pop stars, McGill. Um, 
I'm let's, I'm let, doing more research. I'm, let's let's just do a Rufus Wainwright album. Let's roll right into while it. while I read about Win Butler's uh, NBA Celebrity All Star. So you're so picking back up here. It's picking got, back up. Let's right, put the go. music. What a career. thing to know, Greg, at the end of every episode, our guest picks the song that goes onto the throwback podcast play- podcast playlist. Maybe this will be it. Think about it. This is what I believe would qualify under the term of torch song hmm. it's a, a man with his heart out saying take me back love me mm-hmm. right and they're a they're a you know they're a couple here regine and when they're you know that's it and this is like right in the you got to think this is right in the middle of like the peak of of their love yeah. maybe and, that's what and then the song turns this. into something else He does the thing I do like uh, when bands do the thing where the singer in like a recorded album like pulls his head away from the mic and then he just says something like, And we'll always love each other to the end. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> I hope it sounds as cool, you know, <laughs> on this. All right. That, I love that song. I kind of see as much as I love this album, we're getting old. Time's passing. We have children, jobs. Not mortgages. It would be great if we had mortgages. <laughs> no, we, we don't, don't have that. Uh, you just kind of lose touch with albums from your youth, and I haven't heard this in a long time. Well, I think it goes Me back. Neither. Crown of Love is one I of my favorites. I think it goes back songs. to not knowing the names of these songs. This isn't an album where you're like, oh, I'm making a mix. Let me throw Crown of Love on a mix. Like, it's an album. Like, there's no like noticeable singles outside of one of the neighborhoods, which I can't remember. I put on. I remember putting Neighborhood Number One. Yes. On a mix for Emily. Yeah, back but it's a day. tough one now to be like, oh, I'm just picking songs. The last time I listened to this album in full was you know, running around Santa Monica, actually preparing for when I thought I was going to do the throwback podcast like two years ago. So, <laughs> I was well, just like, oh, I should, reali- I should listen to it and you know, get ready. So you came in useful after all. It's better when you don't prepare, you as, guys tell as, Dan, me, as Dan will tell you. Yes. You guys tell me when I'm allowed to talk about Wynn Butler's performance. No, save it. Celebrity save it. We're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. All right, uh, here we go. Yeah, pick a like, kind of a Well, it won't be this track. They really went hard at this section.
All right, wake up. Is this the best? I know we've said it about like three songs so far, but is this the best? It's the most well-known song um, I believe they've ever put out. A big part of that was that it was in a, it was used in the trailer for that "Where the Wild Things Are." Mm. Yes, in two thousand nine, which right. oh my was god, a great trailer. It was the I never best saw the movie. Movie was terrible, but it was, was it? the best. Trailer. They kind of nailed. Yeah. It. I think it's Spike Jones, right? Did it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, Spike Jones. I just rewatched Wolf of Wall Street. A killer cameo in that movie. Spike Jones is a good actor. Like, Street's talking about his acting. <laughs> um, anyway, this is also a song. This is definitely their most famous song because I'm even looking at the yeah, Wikipedia it page. It was used constantly yeah. all over, uh, which is a sign of the, the record labels trying hard to promote it. Uh, Arcade Fire licensed Wake Up to play in commercials during Super Bowl 44. All proceeds from airing the song went to some charity. There's all sorts of different shows that it was on, movies. Uh, it was just one of those songs that people connected with and also was seen as something that was good for commercials and TV shows I mean, and yeah. things like that. It, it's an amazing song. I did one of the most extravagant things I had ever done in my life at those at that Arcade Fire show I mentioned at Madison Square Garden. I went to back-to-back shows, one with my friend Don and his friend Barry, and then the second one, I didn't have anyone to take the ticket because Emika, my wife, who I figured would go, was was working. She was a cook at the time, and she got out of work at the wrong time where she could only maybe get there for the encore. And I said, it's worth it to come to the encore mm, just to hear wow. them play this she song. kept the seat empty. Kept the seat empty, went myself. She came. I met her outside. We kind of snuck back in because you weren't supposed to get back in for the encore. And I said hearing this song alone is worth it and it was absolutely right it was like the most transformative like live song i've ever heard hearing fifteen thousand people like screaming to this song that's fairly uh, romantic like well, you know i can be a romantic guy <laughs> i was gonna say bob that I, I i never saw arcade fire live but they opened for you too on the vertigo tour the show that you went to no they didn't another one i went to Ooh. Oh, Kings of Leon. Yeah, opened, I went with Kings of Leon. But they also did open for you two on a tour that I saw. It's pretty cool. If they come back around, and I know the albums haven't been as strong lately, but they still always close with this song. Do they? I would love to. Yeah, um, I would, I would to love me, to that is worth, this song alone is worth the price of admission right. listening to The everyone. song is going to change again. They're so good at this. All right, listen to this part. You're an SNL file like me, Greg. The song played during the cold open of the November 5th, 2016 episode of SNL, uh, where Alec wow. Baldwin and Kate McKinnon, after breaking character during a political sketch where they played Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, decided to go out and hug New Yorkers in the streets. This is right after, or right before Trump was elected. Wow. So I'm just pe- I'm just so pissed. Was, I talked over the best be- part of the song. So I realized. so it was part of normalizing Trump. Um, <laughs> Shake it off. No, because that was a beautiful story you shared. Okay. 
even though even though over here even a million miles a minute because of you really financially irresponsible but like a beautiful story at the time yeah it felt yeah. like it. and i bet you had a buddy that would have really loved to see the show too <laughs> right and i said you have to come she move. was like in her little like cooking outfit it was hey, great hey greg man i love the arcade fire think i can come with you no nah, i'm gonna leave the seat empty for 92 percent of the show go fuck yourself which is fine. We respect anyone that yeah. says go fuck yourself around these parts. Um, all right. Next track, Haiti. We're getting near the end now. It's track eight of ten. I mean, wake up. That is one of the great songs of the decade. It's like a functionally perfect song. Neighborhood one and wake up. Yeah. Those are your two big contenders, I feel like. Yeah. So far. We got a panty dropper coming up really? on deck. You take out your man gas. Does Greg know what that is? I don't know if you've ever talked about that on the Around the NFL podcast. Oh, Haiti's fine, by the way. Let's listen to it a little bit, and then I'm going to dig into the All-Star game. They always, they always throw Regine like one song every Throw album. That's nice. Yeah. She's you like know what? the Ringo of Arcade Fire. She you gets would, one song. You, you would think so, but then on Suburbs, Sprawl, Sprawl 2 yes, actually maybe is the best song on the album. Song on so album. so they were song. smart to keep going to her. I like this song yeah. too, actually. Yeah. Okay, so listen, this guy... Rhett Butler. He might not strike you as... Win Butler. Win Win Butler. Not, Rhett. not Rhett Butler. The <laughs> actor from like the 40s. <laughs> Frankly, my dear. Is that who, is that, who that is? Uh, anyway. Uh, yes, Win Butler. He might not look it, but he is a, an athlete. And he went through a phase uh, during this decade where he just dominated the NBA All-Star <laughs> Celebrity Game. Uh, he won MVP... Um, the yes. first year he did it, completely tore it up. He went 15 points, 14 rebounds, wow, and, and won the MVP award. The next year, that's like he, in 16 minutes too. I mean, oh, they, yeah. it's, it's like <laughs> the next year he gets robbed. He goes 22 and 11 in a blowout win, leading all scores. Somehow they gave it to this guy's impersonator, Brandon Williams. Uh, but he should have went back to back with MVP awards. However, that's not what I want to talk about here. I want to talk about. What was most notable um, about that first win, the, the MVP, and I'm giving, I was saying Butler earlier, is bad job by Butler, because uh, when he was interviewed after, um, he went off on a, a, a cause about Canadians, the, the Canada healthcare uh, system. But the, really, the real loser of the story was Sage Steele, who it turns out, if you do some research, is uh, leans conservatively. Hardcore. And uh, when Rhett Butler got into... Not Rhett Butler. <laughs> still, Wynn not, Butler. still not Rhett Butler. <laughs> when Wynn Butler decided he wanted to talk about this uh, progressive uh, Canadian health care, uh, this is what happened. Silence. Respect to Team Canada. All right. You know, Kevin Hart has said he's retired for like 10 years and he keeps coming back, so I have a feeling they would welcome you back. Congratulations. Thank you. I just want to say, as an election year in the U.S., the U.S. has a lot they can learn from Canada. Healthcare, taking care of people. And I think so we're talking about celebrity stuff, not politics. Congratulations on your MVP. And 
Team Canada. Yo, Sage, get the fuck out of here. We're talking about celebrity stuff, not politics. That man just went MVP and filled up the statue. Give him the floor. Wow. I thought you were going to go the other way. That maybe, yeah, I mean, that's not that's the how, time. When I watched it in the moment, and maybe it's a, a pre-Trump, post-Trump thing, when I watched it in the moment, he annoyed me because it was just right. like, dude, lighten up. Uh, but now when I watch it again, it's her that she's the one yeah. that's on my radar. Well, especially knowing she is a hardcore Republican and uh, pushes it pretty hard. So she knew what she was doing in that moment. No. She didn't want Wynn to uh, push could, that message. It's kind of, it's, he, you got to on some level, I respect the hustle from her on the other. And uh, this you ruined a beautiful moment. For from some, yeah, for some context, this was Obama exiting office. He, he pushed Obamacare into uh, this nation. And then the Republican candidate at the time was talking about and running on the platform of getting rid of it. Right. And here's Sage saying, no, 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 no. Uh, Win or Rhett, whoever the fuck you are, because she clearly, you know, I don't think she's a big Arcade Fire fan. She uh, said, I'm not going to give you that platform. Yeah. Where does she get off? Although it, it does kind of raise like a funny point. Like what is the most like inappropriate thing that you could win that you get a speech where you can make <laughs> a you political, go political stance? so quickly? How do you go? <laughs> like it's hard to top celebrity basketball. Games. I th- it would be like your kid getting some sort of spelling bee award and you taking the mic. <laughs> like- but how do you honestly, but the biggest takeaway is how do you go 22 and 11 in a 25 minute celebrity basketball game and not get MVP? You yeah, no, that's bullshit. Respect to Win Butler, though. I think, you know, he's clearly a sensitive guy, a super talented uh, musician. He's got a little, like, international flair. And, he can ball. and that he can ball. That yeah. he's, he's a complete guy. And Rhett Butler, a guy with give, the wind, was important. Give him some respect. I mean, one of the great line reads in the history of Hollywood. All right, so here is, um, to me, let's go back to Mount Rushmore. You can't Top. have a Mount Rushmore. I can do whatever the fuck album. I want. Top four rock songs of the aughts. I think this deserves a place. Wow. Top four of the aughts. This. Even special. This is the best. Yeah, we're going to get back to it when the uh, chorus hits, but this is Rebellion, parenthetical, lies, close parenthetical. Uh, the fourth single released uh, from Funeral, uh, and this is the song that kind of introduced me to the band and a lot of other people. I mean, if you really had your ear to the ground, you probably were aware of them before this. But yeah, singles but, didn't matter at this yeah, point. This, this, was song, like, this was one of the first MP3s that went... This is like something that was like posted on Stereogram or something. Right. All right, here we go. It's so big and it dry. It's so driving and it's anthemic. It's like everything I love about mm. rock music. I adore this song. This it is, just pumps you up. 
No, you're right. They can fill the room. That was what struck me is like those other bands, some of these other bands that were around then, they like didn't have it where they could fill like a huge room. Like this song, especially like this fills it. This is this is Emika's favorite, too. So you're on the same yeah, they're, it's it, They're unconventional, but they're a great arena rock band yes. without the typical trappings of an arena rock band. And they were earnest, but they didn't get like annoying earnest until later. Yeah, it was coming, and eventually it over overcame. But also, it's hard. It's Most pretty bands, deep in too. Yeah. Like I, when the suburbs came out, that had such high expectations, and they fu- and they like topped it. Yeah. And so and that was six years into their career, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, well, they did it. It they comes did. for everybody eventually, right? You know, once you stop writing the songs. But again, they gave us three outrageous albums, and I think this is their best song. That's mm. my opinion. I love the clap. So, right, so. Yeah. Yeah. taking it up another notch. He changed. <laughs> In 2007, NME, the British Rolling Stone, named it number 29, and it's a list of 50 greatest indie anthems ever. Uh, Blender, 500 Greatest Songs You Were Born Since You Were Born, uh, Pitchfork Media, number 69, nice top 500 tracks of the 2000s. Uh, it was, yeah, huge. So, my question to former New Yorkers living in California Does this album sound as good here as it does on the East Coast? There are artists where that applies. Bruce Springsteen jumps to mind for me, but um, we talk about like Greg not said, effective for me. If, if like back then, because I'm I'm trying to put myself in 2004 LA. I don't know, but for an album that you know you love, we I haven't listened to it in a while. You haven't listened to it since the last time you thought you were to be on the show. Is a part of that because it's sunny every day, and this probably sounds a little better with some gray skies. Mm. Even a song like that, which is not a moody, sad song. It's, kind it's of perfect New York music. I'm like with you. New on York that. or Montreal or like that kind of feel to it. I'm not buying this. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Maybe. I, I know maybe. where you're coming from, it, but I don't feel that way about this it, album. There's hey, a little so. bit of it of that's of a time. So, you know, fuck you. Yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll buy that it's of a time. Yourself it's, out. it's a mid aughts. It's a mid aughts time, yeah. but it could it's it's universal mm-hmm. anywhere back then. All right, the album closes out with In the Backseat. A six minute and 21 second closing. Greg, I love an album that closes with something a little more pensive, a little reflective, kind of winding things down a little bit. Yeah. Um, So for that reason, this works for me, but this was never a song that it wouldn't be in my top. It wouldn't be on my Mount Rushmore of track oh my six God, through you ten. Can't have, oh my God! So many Mount Rushmore. <laughs> right? Yeah. I I like so in theory you're right, and I like it fine. But it it's maybe it might be the worst it, track on the album. Yeah, it feels like the album's over already. And this is just. I the, still, although there's some the way they build the music in this song. I still there's still parts to it. Now knowing that they brought No Cars Go back uh, for the next album, maybe they should have just slammed yeah, it right here. That's 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like this. Would you probably... can't bury no cars go, but they actually yeah. I think they did it on they the Bible yeah, too. They did, yeah, I think it's like track eleven on that. I just think this would sound better in New York, guys. Sorry. But here, here it comes. Here's the thing, though. You think you just it, want to be 24 again? You think it's it. you think it's uh, a pensive little thing yes. and go bye bye, yeah. and then here we go. They're still gonna give you something. I take it back. I like this song. Yeah. Fuck you, Dan. No, she ain't a bad singer for abroad. Pretty rare band that there can be two singers, and uh, that works. I know she only gets one or two songs, but like it works. No, but, but she's nice. great as a backing vocalist yeah. too. She's a, she's a real asset. She's the Arcade Fire's Mike Mills. She is. That's what there she is. Go. Or for Pavement fans, the Bob Nestanovich. You got to get the name if you're going to do the <laughs> nice. deep deep drop. Nasty. <laughs> is that what they call them? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, right. hold on. Before we do this, Sorry. before we started this episode, Greg told me something amazing about pavement that I think you need to share. Well, we'll do it. We'll talk about that on the pavement. Oh, I like but what? It. No. Save it. Three years really? from now. The Definitely fact, save it. Just like the, <laughs> yeah, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's cool that Steve Malkmus mentioned you in a magazine article. He's a big fantasy sports guy. I yeah. did a fantasy basketball. So you're burning a great story for the pavement podcast. It took him I'll three years. To, it. It While him. I'm on vacation in New York, then you guys will record <laughs> this. All right. Before we pick the song for the Throwback Podcast playlist, I like doing this. What's another uh, Arcade Fire song you love, Greg? Oh. Your favorite Arcade Fire song that's not from mm. their album, first album? Now I feel like I need to look at them all. Bob, do you have <laughs> one that pops uh, into your mind? I was about to praise you because I thought that not only did you do the prep for this episode, but at this point in the show, you were about to remember to thank the Patreones on patreon.com mm. slash throwback pod for supporting this show. Greg, we have a lot of, I didn't give up. I didn't take on that responsibility. Patreon that supporters. Shout out to the Patreons. Patreones. Patreones. Yeah. Yep. From as little as $2 a month to the top tier for keeping this alive. Thank you to uh, Bruno, the sponsor Courtney and Wyatt and their new beautiful baby twins. And everybody else who's uh, contributing, throwbackpod.com, sorry, patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Mm, even a little helps a lot. Look at that. Some great options. No Cars Go would would certainly be one of them. Sprawl 2 would be one of them. I don't mind. But I actually think I'm going to go with inter- Intervention. Oh, Ooh. Intervention. Off the Neon Bible album. Guess what? Yeah. That was mine. Really? Yes, I love this. This is how it opens, right? It's actually the fourth song. I thought it's how it opens too, because this is this was the lead single, lead single. big church organ, and yeah. there's just something about it. it's like, what is arcade? Because at the time, I was like, what could they possibly do to follow up funeral? It yeah. feels like it was just like, like a an album that like, like was birthed by God or something, and there was no way they could like come up with that like inspiration. And then this came out, and I was like, God damn! And I think the first time I heard them do it was on SNL mm-hmm. when they played SNL, and it was like, holy shit, what is this song? All right, let's listen to a little intervention. No place to hide. You were fighting as a soldier on the side. You're still a soldier in your mind, though nothing's on the line. Say it's money that we need. As if we're only mouths to feed. I know no matter what you say, there's some debts you'll never pay. Working for the church while your family dies. 
The best thing about this podcast, Greg, is that it doesn't matter who the band is, even the Beatles, which we did last, uh, last month, we will get people that tweeting us saying, you introduced us to a band. Mm. There are people listening right now that aren't aware of Arcade Fire. So that's, that's that doing work awesome. for the people. Like this song has a moment in it, you know, when he screams like, mm-hmm. who threw the van stone? Yes. And there, I th- maybe it's part of me that like I'm a Nirvana kid that we were, I was, you know, 13 or 14 when that came out. And there is still something about when it just when, like, when, they, like lose when the song fucking explodes mm-hmm. and yeah. he screams that, that quiet, that, loud. It always gets me. Dynamic. Bob, what would be your pick? This one. This was That's your pick too. as well. Yeah. The same one. All right. I will, um, I, because I got a rep for the suburbs. I loved the way this album opened. It's just like, whoa, welcome to this like different world. And it's a different vibe than um, the earlier work. But that's not my pick. We used to. So you're kind of getting two picks. I'm trying to guess. We used to wait to another one. I'm trying to just throw out my favorite. Yeah. The one uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it a a bone, even though I, I thought they kind of lost the picture around reflector, that album Mm -hmm. uh, that they released an excellent single about 18 months ago. Uh, called Everything Now. in there <laughs> just like how the fuck did that get in there? I'm, I'm a little annoyed though that the their recent albums and reflector has a couple great songs it does here yeah. comes the nighttime super symmetry Reflector's kind of fun too there's a couple decent songs in like a good bad way but i i feel like because i read the you know pitchfork <clears throat> like albums or songs of the decade and stuff i feel like the mem what arcade fire has done in their last couple albums has tainted their totally. previous albums too much to like, no, you should still be putting the fucking suburbs and some of those songs on there, like right at the top. Cause a, that's what you thought about them at the time. And they still are great. The, the, the recent albums shouldn't taint everything uh, that you're saying. Bullshit. So you think that their <laughs> later output has blotted out their greatness a little bit? Like critically. No, I like, and I agree with like the idea that reflector right. <clears throat> and everything now aren't as good, but that shouldn't diminish the legacy of their first 
three. It's right around ones. the time if you want to try to find like a dividing line. Right when he started winning All Star Game MVPs, whoa, is when whoa. musically they kind of went downhill. Put it on the win. Like Butler it doesn't. Board. It, to me, it's like some battle. You know, Frankly, it, my dear. It's like. Uh, I don't know. It's like a a player who's you know it, like Brett Favre's last uh, few years shouldn't shouldn't take sure. away the brilliance of the MVP. It's like the Simpsons. It's, it's like, like it's Simpsons hanging around for an extra fifteen years, twenty years, right? Almost takes away from how brilliant that show. Ooh, is. my analogy: Michael Jordan on the Wizards. That was all right. That was and the I'm best. Hopeful. That was I'm the hopeful. Best though. One. We kind of hit the basketball thing hard with the celebrity All Star games. So. Well, no, but it was <laughs> oh, fine. Whatever. <laughs> No, I but, I but nobody really, nobody I guess looks you really at Jordan on the much Wizards. To this show, Bob. Dan, Dan was right. <laughs> but Jordan on the Wizards, it's uh, not to attack your analogy, Bob, but like that didn't change how people felt about Michael Jordan. Mm, yeah, yeah, it did. It was like this guy doesn't have it anymore. It doesn't take away the beauty of what he had done before, but he doesn't have it, and that's where the arcade. Yeah, you decide, yes or no, on Bob's analogy. No, it's uh, bad. I'm oh kidding. fuck, <laughs> man. I'm. Uh, you know who they remind Sorry, me of man. a little bit is is Lil Wayne where I, I, as a fan, I hope that they have that album where they kind of come back now mm. and they strip it back and they get back to the reason why you like love them in the first place. And everyone's just like, Oh yeah. Arcade fire. They've been through some shit. And Lil Wayne like halfway did that with his last album, but not I mean, Lil not Wayne put out a rock album where he played guitar on it. Well, that was the, there end. was really no coming that was, back. From that, that was that, his right? celebrity basketball <laughs> game. Pretty much. All right, Greg Pickett, the song that will be added to the throwback podcast playlist a lot of pressure on you here because it's kind of so like friends choices. the way friends was really good and then it kept going okay and then we're getting there now oh, fuck. that's pretty good i've been thinking about this ever since you brought it up that you know i'm picking the song and to me it's just between two it's neighborhood number one and uh and wake up and you know i'm i'm just not gonna be too cute I'm going with the big, like Arcade Fire is a big band with big songs and big emotions. I'm going to wake up. Love it. Good choice. Can't get that. You can't can't go wrong. You would have been right either way. Yep. But again, pointing to that idea, are there people out there that have not discovered Arcade Fire? What is a song? This is who they are. Bang. Wake Up by Arcade Fire. Off Funeral is the latest song in the Throwback Podcast playlist which you can get on Apple Music or Spotify. Mostly Spotify. But definitely Apple Music. How are you doing updating the Apple Music playlist? It's updated. In fact, this comes on right after Adam's song by Blink-182. All right. Ooh, in your face! <laughs> You're doing it. You're I'm plugged in. right now. Look at that. Um, anyway, it's almost like I care about the show. What's what is, what is happening? I don't like it. Uh, we will be back in, what, two weeks, Bob? Maybe. Uh, we have end-of-year stuff we're excited about. We got the... Uh, our favorite songs of 2019 don't, podcast. Don't do this. We might put these out of order. Who knows what's going to happen to us? It's too late. We're in too deep now. <laughs> uh, and we also have the best of the 2010s oh super gosh. show coming up right at the end of the year. So I'm pumped about these actual research being a lot done of work because you have to. It is a lot of work. Uh, so check that out. And Greg, you've said it all. Yes. You've come in. Did it, you did, I thought you did a nice job with uh, Bears Cowboys. I thought it was like a B, but then you came here and, and you rocked a B to a B plus. I thought on this, <laughs> I got it up to a B plus. <laughs> wow! Congrats, man. He's never said anything that nice about you ever. This I'm coming awesome. back. I'm coming back. I'm back for the best of the 2010s. <laughs> He's here hit, now. Gonna hit you with. Uh, your, are you moving into the garage? Wait, yeah, is it time for a Sierra third? Whack. Do you need a Do you need a third uh, podcast? All is this sorts it? Of great things. 
Um, all right, but thank you, Greg. That was a lot of fun. And if you do want to come back and do pavement, I would like to be involved. That and sounds fun. Maybe we could we could Ish. do or we could do something other people would like to. You know, that and would I'm be all in now. This is fun. I've just enjoyed uh, for the first time in Dan's podcasting career. The Jews have outnumbered the non-Jews, so <laughs> it's we're coming. The first time in my career, yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> I felt comfortable. I feel okay <laughs> with it. Um, all right. Uh, until next week, uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you to Greg, and uh, you know to all the listeners who support us, and we love you during the holiday season. You know, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourselves. One sixteen.